0: Welcome to the If You Build It, Will They Learn podcast, a show dedicated to modern learning and development with your hosts, Daniel Mendonca and Scott Babcock.
1: It's podcast day. Welcome to the show. This is If You Build It, Will They Learn? I'm your host, Scott Babcock, and I'm here with our co-host, Daniel Mendonca, and this is one of many questions I'm going to be asking Daniel today. How are you doing, Daniel?
0: Doing well, Scott. Excited for today. Little uh, little little change up to the format. It's gonna be fun.
1: Yeah, we're gonna have a good time. We're gonna we're gonna do something a little different. So we've entered the month of June, and as you know, we've been kind of going on a monthly topic and series. So for June, we are focused on motivation. So we're coming out of momentum. Uh, we built momentum all through May, and we are gonna look at motivation as our topic for June and kind of talk through some various attributes and and aspects of what makes that interesting in the world of learning. Obviously it's a major component of how successful your programs are and we thought you know what what better way to start off than to find out what makes Daniel tick. What makes Daniel find motivation in what he does in his work life, his personal life. So we're going to do just a random series of questions interview style today where I get to grill Daniel.
0: The mysterious corners of
1: Daniel Mendoza, that's going to be... Gonna, I'm sure we'll dive very deep into the psyche of Daniel Mendoza, but yeah. good times are going to be had by all. Let's go ahead and get started. All right, so one of the reasons we are going down this path is to find out what is motivation. Uh, and so we, we've, in past episodes, talked about the differences between intrinsic and extrinsic. Um Which is essentially just uh, do you find reward or benefit uh, that's more tangible? That's typically going to be more something like an extrinsic, um, or is it something that is internalized to you based on your own motivations, uh, your own desires, and wants? And so I'm not going to dive too deep into those in terms of topics of motivation, but it's interesting when you start to talk to someone on a one on one level, maybe as a coach or a mentor, to really dive deep and realize that we all have differences in terms of what motivates us and drives us forward. So we thought this would be a fun exercise today to talk to Daniel a little bit, kind of go through an interview, get him to answer some of these questions. And he's seen a lot of them, but I don't know how much pre-work he did to kind of prep himself and how much this he's going to do on the fly. It's always fun to do some live live podcasting here. Um, So let's go ahead and... Yeah, good.
0: If, if you've heard the podcast before, I don't do much pre-planning for anything, so you know. Ooh, no,
1: that's it's true. true. He doesn't show up to some of our show meetings. Yeah, it's, it is what it is. But uh, he likes to wing it. Improv is is a game of his, so we'll go with it. Um, all right. So with Daniel, when we talk about two things uh, that are often—I don't want to say conflicting, but they—they they definitely don't always align perfectly. Let's talk about both work and personal life. So when you think about your work life. What do you find is if you're going to pick like the primary motivational factor for you in your work life, what would that be? And maybe you kind of have two jobs. So maybe think about it from both the coach perspective and the Haylight perspective.
0: Yeah. It's, it's not to give a big philosophical kind of background to all this, but I think as I've matured and as I've gotten older, and I think this is what happens with everybody is um, your goals, objectives, your, your motivations kind of align themselves over time. So I think when you're younger, you have a lot of micro motivations that come into account. So you're motivated to do well on a test, if I'm thinking about, um, or do well on a sports game or on the sports field or at practice. Or, and you have a lot of micro motivations that you don't lose when you get older, but the process kind of grows itself together. And all of the different things, my life, um, work, um, both jobs, both both you know, my role at Haylight and, and coaching, they've all kind of found themselves in, into a single place. Um, in terms of like macro motivation um, for me as a whole and and it's kind of little life points along the way really got me here. And and the thing that motivates me through it all is legacy. So I have a big um, like emphasis on on leaving behind a reputation for myself um, and my family for others that I'm, you know, all the things that I strive myself to be. So that's kind of my macro motivation. And then when I divide it up into the three categories, you know, my personal life, being the best wife, wife, being the best husband, I'm not a wife, uh, be, being the best husband, father that I can be is kind of like my key motivation, in my personal life um, with coaching. Um, for me, it's it's really legacy and kind of um, that's really the one that, that I, where legacy kind of stemmed from was the soccer side of things because it has such a big background. And then and then work, like I'm very passionate about the growth of Halate as a whole. I've been here for a long time. I've seen us be 15, 20 employees to now be 150. So for me, the growth and success of Halate as an organization is my key motivator at work. So I guess high-level legacy, and then it kind of breaks down into three separate categories.
1: I like that answer. I and Uh, first and foremost i thought for a minute there you and hillary were gonna have to have a very uncomfortable (laughs) awkward conversation um but then uh yeah no i like that i even appreciate like the notion that in your younger self it uh, you use the words micro and macro and maybe the other version of that is to say more like you are a very short-term focus i think a lot of times when you're young Mm -hmm. it's what do i need to do in the moment right now that's gonna make me successful um and maybe as you Perspective as you get older, that macro view is a bit more holistic and long term. Uh, maybe that's another way to look at that. Uh, that I think makes sense.
0: One of the things, one of the things that I think just on that note, um, and I think it's really reflective into personal development, but also like when we talk learning development or training inside organizations, you realize that like ninety nine percent of stuff that happens every day on a micro perspective actually doesn't matter in terms of the long term growth. Obviously, continued failures or continued miss fires obviously will affect you. But like, we've talked about if a training doesn't go over well, just adjust, right? Like, I love the the quote, someone's someone kind of said, like, I'd rather juggle 43 balls and drop nine of them and be successful, right? In the in the other 34, then juggle one ball and never drop it, because I'm not going to progress forward quite like I would. And, and I'm big on that as like, long term goals fit anything into that that, that pipeline and that funnel that is gonna progress me through the long-term goals. And, and you know, if some fail or adjust, you can kind of make adjustments because you realize those little hurdles don't actually affect the grand scheme of things, holistically.
1: That, that, that's a good transition into the next question I wanted to ask. And you, you talk about the idea of, you know, maybe it's juggling many things. I've heard there's a million quotes on how failure is all about progress, right? Like. Um, Uh, one of my favorites is that, you know, Thomas Edison made over a hundred prototypes for the light bulb and, uh, somebody said he failed 99 times. He said, no, I learned 99 times not how not to make a light bulb, um, was ultimately what his response was. Right. And so I think there's some value in that, but let's talk about a time where you wanted to make a change. Right. And I, we've talked about iterations of this in the podcast, so maybe you either want to use one of those or another, um, like what. What was the driving factor? What was the change? I guess let's start there. And then what driving factor uh, motivated you to make that change? And then maybe even talk about were there challenges along the way where that motivation either had to be tweaked or resolved or um, reaffirmed to make it uh, ultimately to have that successful change?
0: Yeah, I have two distinct instances in my head that I can think of, um, and depending on how long I talk from the first one, I might go into the second one. So we'll see how that goes. No, uh, the first change that I made, um, I believe it was twenty eighteen. I had been married for a year, um, and you know those family discussions start to happen right after we've been married, and and I was coaching three youth soccer teams at the time, between the ages of like thirteen and eighteen um, teams, um, and I was working full time. Um, Haylight was in a very aggressive growth state. We we still are, but um, at that time it was really really huge. And and I knew that I wanted to be a university coach. I was also an assistant coach at the university. And I wanted to be a university coach. And and the change that I had to make, which was very difficult, because comfort is a is a scary thing sometimes. To um, I think I think Scott, you the one who said there's no you know there's no growth in the comfort zone. There's no comfort in the growth zone. Um, I think you've said that a few One times in this podcast. Parts, yeah. yeah. And, and what I had to do was stand in front of 54 sets of parents, um, to say that, Hey, at the end of this season, I'm not going to coach your kid anymore. And this is who they're going to be coached by. And, and here's the reasons why, and I have to worry about me. And you realize really quickly that the parents don't really give a shit about the coach very often. There's obviously the ones that do, but the rest of them don't. Um, cause I got to focus on me, I got to focus on my life and And I knew that I wasn't going to be able to be the university coach with this responsibility. So it was a big change. And I think that's the first time in my life, and that would be obviously three years ago. So I wasn't old and I wasn't young, but it was the first time where like I stopped thinking about, it was a selfish decision about me, but it it, it had all these other factors that weren't about my, my individual kind of self-fulfillment in that moment. And it was about where my life is going to be five, 10, 20 years from now and where I want to go. I I honestly think that was the first time that I made that change. And then the second one, which I'll talk about quickly is I think everybody who's who's had a kid uh, definitely has to make this change. Um, Last February, uh, you know, February, 2020, when Oakley was born, I made the change that my life literally had nothing to do with me anymore. Um, everything else related to me was just mere details and that my life is now centered around this this human who is amazing and I love her and is very attituding now that she's 15 months old and has opinions on things. Um, but that was a big change that kind of has shaped everything else. So that's kind of those change. and And I think it's just a hard look in the mirror in terms of how you do it and understanding like the pros, the cons, the outlook on it um and how it's going to 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 affect everything and once you can do that you can accept the positives and the negatives because in any sort of decision or any sort of situation there's going to be pros cons positive negatives that you have to deal with
1: I like both of those uh scenarios because I think one they both at least are loosely uh assembled around the concept of family I think that's always a big motivator for a lot of us um obviously the second one for sure Um, And your first one was also about the professional side of it. Like sometimes it's going to be growth in a career or um, decisions on where you really want to ultimately end up and you have to make some decisions and sometimes those aren't easy. Um, So I like both those because I think they give two solid examples of what can motivate someone. Um, You talked about like in both cases, uh, the difficult parts of it, but what do you think are maybe intrinsically two things that you see as strengths of yours that have helped you succeed in those goals?
0: I... Um, number one is, is I'm selfish. Um, and, um, when this is going to, it's going to come off very negative, but I'll give an example. When I, when, um, when I was, I used to see a psychiatrist pretty frequently, just with a lot of decisions in my life and some, some things that happened in my life. And I, I got told that I was, I was a contradiction fairly frequently. So I'm very selfish, but I equally don't like, I care too much about those around me as well. And when I talk about selfishness is when you're making a decision like that, you, you really can't worry. Like I talked about the 54 parents. Like the reason why I probably didn't make that decision a year earlier was I was afraid to disappoint the parents. And I was afraid to stop working with those kids who I'd worked for for two or three years prior to and help them develop because of who potentially could coach them, what could go wrong. Right. And, and those things would be out of my control now. Um, It's funny. Some of those kids that I, I stepped away from those years are actually recruits at the university for me now this year uh, coming up, which is funny. Um, But so you, you have to be selfish in those decisions, right? And that pen cap, Scott, is
1: just alluding to I gotta I gotta put it down. Stop <laughs> playing with it. Um,
0: but so there's, there's that. Um, that's number one. And number two, I think it's a skill that every uh, young male or female takes time to learn, and an employee and person in organization is communication. Um, I tell my athletes all the time, and I did never took my own advice is that there's really not much wrong or right if you communicate it properly. Like, um, you know, you can make this, you can make mistakes and hit failure like you mentioned, but if you communicate why you did it and you understand why you did it and you have a rational reason for making that decision, is it really wrong? No, because you can adjust and, and find the positive path. And I'm very, when people talk to me about work-life balance and time management, I have a very strong opinion on it that gets some weird eyes from people. I don't believe work-life balance exists. I think time management exists and prioritization exists. And if you want to work nine to five and, and be with your family all night, then I'm all for that. But that's a relationship between you and your spouse or you and your kids and, or you, you know what I mean? And that's where you find that balance and you figure out what Works for you at different positions in your life, and I think that that ability to communicate, which took me a long time as I've gotten older, and I'm four years into my marriage now, and you know I'm getting better at communication. I'm sure Hillary, Hillary was listening; she would tell me that like you don't communicate very well sometimes, but um, I think that skill is is important to you know being successful in a transition or a change
1: yeah and look communication you're gonna to have to communicate very clearly to Hillary your desire to be the best wife possible um and <laughs> and it's back all right I'll bring it back
0: uh that one that one's good that one's gonna stay for a while
1: uh, it might just a little bit so we'll see we'll see how you uh readjust after that communication
0: um
1: so when you think about so those are the strengths inside of you when we talk a lot of times that's the intrinsic side of it, right it's what what can I do what do I want um that helps motivate and drive, but sometimes we have to take some inspiration or encouragement from outside of who we are. So when you think about, uh, not your own internal motivation, but what, what in the world out there or, or a person encourages or inspires you to make the decisions you make, make the changes you choose to make or prioritize those things that are going to be part of your actions. Like where do you find inspiration?
0: I love, um, I'm a big believer in the idea of like you're the average of those people you spend your time, you know, the most time with. Um, But I also, there's an exercise that I try to go through every once in a while, which I would encourage everybody to do where you ask the people closest to you. Um, I, I would avoid your mom and dad because they'll never be super straightforward and honest with you, but others, siblings, friends close to you, like, tell me the things I'm good at. Tell me things I'm not good at. And, it gives you a good place of like who you are, which then allows you to like adjust. So my inspiration truthfully comes from, from Hillary. Um, and, you know, you always give nice positivity points about your wife, Scott. So I'm gonna have to clip, we're gonna have to clip this Sabrina. And uh, as you're listening and send it to Hillary, but, but my inspiration comes from Hillary. She, her and I are vastly different in terms of the way we go about day to day. She's, she's more introverted than I am. Um, but she's very driven, very intelligent, very uh, smart and and very goal oriented. Like checking things off her to-do list is like the best thing ever um, for her. And she pushes me to make decisions and act differently um, than I typically would as an extrovert who likes to please people around me um, because she can she kind of helps it's funny that we together help drive each other's selfishness. and then but it's it's those moments where, she really helps drive. And the other person on top of Hillary that does that is my younger brother, Alex. Uh, My younger brother, Alex is, is wise beyond his years. He's a psychology major who psychoanalyzes me every time we talk, but um, he's the guy who like, you know, is just picking up and moving to Arizona right now. And, you know, his job, let him relocate, but his, his girlfriend has found a new job down there. And, and so when I'm contemplating a decision, Alex is the guy who looks at me and says like, what are you waiting for? Like, what, what's stopping you from doing it and then i'll tell him and he'll be like why is that stopping you from doing it and i think we've talked about the question of why before but like he'll just keep going down the why 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 path and then by the end of it i'm like screw it i'm gonna do it and when i got the job at the university is a great example there was always um reasons not to do it but at the end of the day like it the why inspired me to just jump into it and take the chance so yeah definitely my younger brother alex and um my wife, Hillary, Hillary is a, a massive influence on who I am. And I think that's probably for most, most married or people in a relationship.
1: For sure. Uh, the people you spend the most time with are definitely have a ton of influence on you. And, uh, hopefully you, I, I, you mentioned, you know, like asking those that are close to you, um, what, what their perception is. And I think that helps shape whether or not you're going to make change too, right? Like, so if, if the answer to that question isn't where you want it to be, uh, I think you'll make, Adjustments accordingly, and and that in that in and of itself can inspire you to to make I, change too. So. I heard
0: a really interesting quote. Yes, it was actually yesterday. I think I saw a TikTok about it, and um, which I think this is something that people can can think about. You you always have those comments about like love who you are, and and I agree with all those comments. You know, love who you are. But the comment that was made in this TikTok I saw was, "If you want to do more things and you think you can be better, you don't have to." Be super in love with who you are today. You can want to be better and want to be more and be like, I'm not satisfied with who I am today. Like that's not, that's not a bad thing. And I find that I find it to be so interesting and just kind of against the um the common grain. And we talk about motivation, like I think it's a great concept and thought process about motivation is like you're allowed to want more and you're allowed to want to be better and you're allowed to push yourself and not be satisfied today. And So and sometimes it's not, about not loving yourself, but sometimes like you don't have to be satisfied or else satisfied is where, how you get comfortable and not progress.
1: Yeah. It's almost like there needs to be an extra add on that's, you know, love who you are, but also love who you can be. Uh, I think there's some, some motivation in that as well to say that, yeah, I'm not, I like where I am and I like who I am that hopefully you've led a path that gets you to that point, but there's hopefully still more days in front of you and something will continue to keep happening and there'll be changes and there'll be hurdles and challenges and and you're going to keep growing. So I like that. All right, let's, let's shift a little bit. um, And let's, let's talk about Haylight. Obviously uh, a shared common uh, component for both of us is that we work for a company that we both uh, like working for and that we have a lot of passion around. So when you think about, your work at Halite. We, we've talked about like Daniel works in the sales department uh, and marketing side of our business. Um, What, what's like the big motivator, the energy driver for you? When you think about the thing that says, man, I've rolled out of bed, I've put my feet on the ground and I'm ready to go. I want to hit, hit the ground running today because I'm excited to go to work and do something or have something happen. What is that motivator for you that gets you excited to come into the office?
0: I love solving problems. Um, and most of our clients who work with us are coming to us because they have to solve a problem. Um, and I once got told recently, probably I mean, maybe 18 months ago, by a client, a very large customer, one of my my personal largest sales ever, um, told me that I they don't I don't strike them as a salesperson. Um, and it, it I think that's a compliment. Um, I, I kind of originally it took me, kind of caught me off guard. Um, but I was like, that's a compliment because I'm never pitching someone who, and feeling really salesy. So when it comes to motivating me every day, I think helping our customers or potential customers find solutions to their problems with like really cool services, I also inherently in my DNA, I truly believe that I am a, a coach. That's what I think I was put on this earth to do, if I'm going to be honest with you um, and learning and development as we've talked about many times before is so in line with um so in line with coaching and combine that with my my interest and passion for marketing and and you know finding solutions for people what halite does it just excites me through like through my dna so when i get to have those conversations it, it keeps me motivated and and every day being different gets me gets me going and, and i love i love doing that every day
1: i love it uh and so, And it's a good lead into the next question I uh, I want to ask, because when I first joined Halo, we were in that large growth transition phase that you kind of mentioned, right? And one of the big things that we, I don't know, feels like we went on and on about for quite some time is kind of setting up. What I consider to be some corporate things, uh, some kind of bigger organizational things. Do we have a mission statement? Do we have a vision statement? Like, document it. I think, holistically, we were all headed in the right direction. It was a small group of people. It's easy to get that going. But as we were growing, we knew we needed to document some of those things. And one of the things we documented was sort of the values of the company. What do we believe in? What do we believe we are? Um, and what do we want to stand for? What do we want to be known for? Like, Are there certain values that Halite holistically focuses on, and we can even leave it high level um, that you sort of align to and say, these are very similar to me as a, an individual.
0: Yeah. I think Halite as a company is so solutions oriented for our business. Like we, we don't sell things to, to people who don't need it. We don't, we don't have a, a, a really intense sales process in terms of that perspective. Um, Halite hey, believes in hard work and integrity and and being honest with our customers and transparent. And Those are things that I've structured my my life around, for lack of a better um, example. And and those things really align with with who I am. And and obviously part of that, Scott, as you know, as we were both involved in those conversations, like part of that comes from the fact that um, like you and I both have have a lot of influence on the direction of the organization and we work closely with management on those things. Um, so I feel like part of me is, has been, um, been able to put, to insert some of those values into who we are, but I talked about how important family is to me and obviously family is a big inspiration of mine. Like Haylight started as a family grown business, right? So family's important to Haylight. Um, we have, we have people who are married within the organization and we have siblings who work here and, and fathers and sons and things like that. And, and, um, I mean, my personal. Core values are self-awareness, gratitude, kindness, hard work, love, and compassion. So like it's a lot of things, but like, and but when you look at like Haylight's core values, which the, a lot of those cross over, and um, I think where you're going, and, and I agree with, is it makes it easier for me to get up and want to go work for a company that has the same values that I do, and and that is one of the reasons why I go that, and and it, it makes going to work every day exciting.
1: I dig it, and you're you know you had said something that I hadn't previously probably thought of in quite that same terms, but you put it really well. Is that because we were fairly small at the time, and there was a fairly small group of people who influence the what the values were going to be written down to be? Uh, they probably do carry a lot of who we are as individuals because it was it was a committee of you know five or six or whatever it was, um, and we probably put a lot of ourselves into what those values were because. That was a good chunk of what the company was, and and where it was going to be. And um, I I love the fact that it still carries over. When you say family for Haylight, to me, uh, I think that's one of the things I love the most. Not just that we have fathers and sons and daughters and husbands and wives and brothers and sisters and cousins and whatever, right? Like all over, like we've got a lot of people that have relationships that go beyond the professional uh, within our walls, but. I tend to think, and it, maybe it's cheesy and maybe it's a little cliche, but I, I tend to believe we truly believe that's how we view our clients too, as as being part of the the big air quote family. Uh, and you mentioned like not not selling to someone who doesn't need to be sold to, right? That we don't see historically pushing someone into a product that they don't need as benefiting anybody, both our relationship with them, their relationship with us and our products. And I, I, I dig that personally, but yeah, I'd never really considered the fact that our values are probably a direct reflection on the group of people that put those together uh, specifically and that we were part of that, I guess.
0: No, it's, it's fun. And, and I think we've done a good job at Halite. In, in terms of motiv- like, you know, we're, we're off a little bit of track, but in terms of motivation for everybody of at Haylight is, I think we really understand the type of person we want to work for us and on our teams. And, and, you know, we, we both have teams, you and I, Scott, and who we want there and what, what influence they have on the organization if their values cross. And that keeps everybody motivated. If I have a team working with me who is motivated like I am and, and want to drive forward and make the company better and have these values, it makes just, it makes working more enjoyable. And, and I mean, that's why I think you and I get along so well, both professionally and personally Um, is we have similar values in terms of life direction, um, things we're passionate about. Obviously it helps that we nerd out about sports and Marvel and comics and all that stuff too. But um, overall, I think it it makes you want to be more motivated. And when I have to sit through a two-hour planning meeting with you, Scott, sometimes, you know, it's enjoyable, so.
1: And we we feel sad when we're not able to spend as much time together too. So when (laughs) we have our breaks, it feels very lonely, but. All right, I got one last question for you. It'll be a little bit of, not off topic, it's right on topic, but uh, a little bit of a different direction. So not everyone has access to your wife or to your brother for inspiration and and encouragement. Do you have an author or leader in the industry, a mentor, someone that is maybe more public-facing celebrity, if you will, that you look for and you say, this person has really insightful thoughts and they motivate me to make change or to think differently or to uh, focus in another direction? Is there someone out there that maybe is a bit more accessible, if you will, through social media or publications or things like that, that you recommend yeah. someone out there could read and maybe find some words of wisdom to help them out?
0: Yeah, um, I know for a fact, Sabrina knows who I'm going to say. But uh, um, Gary, I, I for a long time and less now than ever, um, I, I followed Gary Vaynerchuk, um, who he's a he, he, he's a marketing person and an investor and he's, he's done enough. But, um, to be honest with you that when I made that decision in 2018, it's funny that you brought this up. Um, I spoke to him, I met him in 2018 he was in Niagara Falls, uh, doing a, a talk. And I happened to, you know, get to meet him afterwards for 30 seconds. And I asked him a quick question and about like, I have these two passions, pay light and soccer that I'm really passionate about. And, and like, I don't know how to continue to do them both. And he said, well, what's your North star? And I couldn't say what my North star was. And and it made me have to like look back inside and figure all that thing out about like legacy that I mentioned at the start about motivation, because he said, if you understand what your North star is and they both align with that, then why not both? And so that's it. But, but Gary Vaynerchuk is someone I, I follow. He's, he's very passionate. Chances are the first time you watch a video of him, uh, you're going to hate his guts. Uh, he's very—he's um, not like a rah-rah guy. He's very blunt and honest, but he gets coined as a motivational speaker. But once you kind of get through the noise of like that perception, the information is really, really good. Um, his books are great, um, and and he's somebody who like, you know, a quick TikTok of his or a YouTube video of his quickly allows, kind of can can set you on track um, when you're when you're feeling off-topic. But once you kind of get down to his message, his Um, you really don't need to listen to him anymore because that's kind of his whole thing is like, when I get through to you, you stop listening to me, Um, which is nice. So I I think it's always a nice place. He's very blunt and honest. And um, he's been a influence in terms of who I am from a business side, definitely. And just a goals and objectives oriented person.
1: I dig it. Awesome. Well, thank you, Daniel, for uh, opening up a little bit letting us see inside the brain of Daniel, get to know you a little (laughs) bit better on the, on the deeper level. Um, I think, you know, if nothing else, it was, it was fun to do something different with our podcast and kind of ask some questions and dive a little deeper. And I think I, I for one, and I imagine most of our listening audience will, uh, appreciate understanding at least one person's motivation is a little bit better as we, as we look at the month's topic and we keep talking throughout the month. So, yeah,
0: Uh, I think, I think one concluding statement that I'll make Scott too is, is on this note is like, um, your motivations or your own motivations or someone else's motivations aren't going to be the same as yours, but it's the concept of of how and why, you where, you where you find motivations that I think has helped me when I'm trying to find my own is like, hey, that person's motivations are going to be different than mine. You know, family doesn't need to be everybody's motivation. Some people don't have family. Somebody, maybe their motivation is the fact that they don't have family, but that finding that something that you can reference or you can, you understand and can dig deep into that can influence you is important. So everybody's story is different. Um, everybody's goals are different, but but understanding that, that process, which I'm excited to dig into because m- motivation is something that I, I really enjoy talking about uh, because it's so unique to everybody.
1: I dig it. And that'll be this month's topic, right? Is, is figuring out how to help you find motivation. What is motivation? How do you help others find their motivation? Um, so it's a great topic this month. Um, it's going to, put us on the speaking circuit before long daniel we're going to be motivational speakers that's going to be the goal here so um and speaking of motivation let's wrap up our show the way we do every time uh some positivity something that gives us energy helps motivate us to bring more uh energy into our work and our personal lives uh and we'll wrap up the show the way we always do
0: all right i get to start today scott handed it over because he thinks i didn't talk enough uh on today's podcast but um No, with with mine, I think it goes back to something I actually mentioned when I talk about work-life balance or time management, part of that is escapism and having a passion and a way to go out. So my positivity point is about things that I uh, use to escape um, from the day-to-day, the grind. Um, And we've talked about Marvel before. I am so excited about the Loki show that comes out, starts next Wednesday. Um, I love Tom Hiddleston in the role of Loki. I love the character Loki. Um, I wasn't a comic book buff, but I love the way they portrayed him in the MCU. I am so excited about um, Loki as a whole and uh, pretty pumped for us to, you know, it it happens on on Wednesdays. So we'll be a week removed because we typically record on Wednesdays. But uh, I'm pretty excited about being able to chat about that a little bit with you, Scott, and uh, see what they do with this. So that's my positivity point is is, is the Loki show is coming up.
1: I love it, man. Uh, One of the things that I actually I'm really excited for is the fact that they did change the, the date of the week because otherwise it was happening on Fridays and then between baseball and everything else, my weekend would get eaten up and then I kind of forget that there was something new coming between WandaVision and um, you know, Falcon, the winter soldier soldier and a lot of that. So I actually that it. this moved up in the week and hopefully it'll help me watch it a little sooner. Um, and plus just who doesn't love more Marvel in their lives, to be honest with you. Um, when I think about uh, something that I, I'm just really, uh, excited about as we talk about motivation and my positivity point um is that sometimes motivation isn't a positive thing or it doesn't come out of a positive thing and so in a weird way my positivity point is a bit of a downer uh to start but it becomes positive and so last weekend um our baseball team uh, and the boys they got they got they got worked they got boat raced pretty good 16 to 1 <laughs> took about three innings it went very quickly um and it, it just wasn't a really good showing um but what came out of that is a ton of determination from a group of nine year old boys to see the silver lining of what is needed and to use that as fuel for their fire. So, um, they have all, di- they're diving in this week is every night. Uh, we're doing practices, uh, in part coach driven, but in part kid driven. Uh, and to the point that my, my oldest on the team, uh, Literally hit has hit 27 buckets of balls off of a tee uh, because he believes at least in part for him as an individual, as he set individual goals, um, it's his, his hitting and his his time at the plate is where he needs to put in more work to drive more runs in and to be more valuable and part of the team. So he found motivation in what seemed like a very difficult, dark place uh, in, in getting just worked by another team. Um, and to see that determination from a kid, I think is super cool. Um he's putting in some work ethic and he's communicating with his team on like how to be better. So even out of this sort of really bad beatdown from a team, uh, the team holistically is working really hard. And I think that's just a cool thing to watch kids adapt and be resilient and be determined to make improvements and to see that as not a defeatist moment, but to see it as an opportunity for growth. Um, So I know I talk about baseball a lot and I talk about the boys a lot, but um, even at, at my age and being older, I can take a ton of inspiration from just watching kids resiliency and, and, and feeling energized by that. So, uh, it was a great way to to keep the week going and super positive point with that in mind, that will do it for us today. I'm Scott Babcock. He's Daniel Mendonca and we will talk to you next week.
0: Have a good one, everybody.
1: Thank you for listening to another episode of
0: the If You Build It, Will They Learn podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Join the conversation by emailing us at podcast at Find us on social media at build it, learn it, and be sure to check us out on the web at www.haylight.com. That's H-A-L-I-G-H-T tcom